All right, welcome back. Um, I <laughs> that was a very powerful welcome back. Um, so I actually started recording a little bit earlier, but I was in the bed and I just kept yawning. I didn't have my coffee yet. I, I didn't even say enough prayers. I always say my prayers right when I wake up, even when I'm still like sluggish and groggy, still laying in the bed, even if I'm not, even if I haven't really opened my eyes, the moment I come to some type of consciousness, I start praying and I at least say, God, thank you for another day, even if I'm too tired to keep on going. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still in the bed. I turn on the uh, the microphone and I, I'm recording and I just kept on yawning and yawning and yawning. I ended up cutting it off. I might've made it to 10 minutes. I said, yeah, no, this is just not working. I'm not about to put something out there where I'm yawning throughout the entire thing. That's just not, <laughs> that's just not impactful. So here we are now. It's an amazing Friday. As you can see, I've got my coffee. Um, I've been, this coffee is like straight black, black. I actually have been liking black coffee with nothing in it. You know, it's actually healthier than adding all of the additives and the sugars and all the other stuff. So I'm loving this black coffee. Give me a good coffee, a nice, uh, um, strong. I always make my coffee strong. I never, I might not necessarily drink the whole cup of coffee. That's when I start getting jitters and stuff like that. But I definitely know how to, um, I definitely still want it strong. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a half a cup. I might drink a half a cup or something like that. Whatever the case though, it was so heavy on me today. Not even that it was heavy. It was just clear that the message of today was patience. Um, the reason that I even started recording right when I got up earlier was because I was listening. It was actually, I actually fell asleep last night listening to episode one of the podcast. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm talking so fast. And I've been told I talk fast, but it's never been so obnoxious as it was when I was watching that replay. Maybe it was because I've never did anything where it was just audio. You know, on TikTok, it's visual. On uh, YouTube, it's visual. Instagram, visual. Everywhere, it's visual. When I'm talking to someone, they say, I, they'll tell me in conversation, you know, I'm talking fast. But yet still, it's a little different. When, you're, when I'm actually sitting here listening to it, not being able to watch anything, the, the speed of my words is just overpowering. I'm like, whoa, Speedy Gonzalez, slow down. What, what I was saying was so powerful, but it will not be grasped if I don't know how to slow down. Timing is everything. And so all I heard when I, was, when I woke up this morning and I was listening to it again was the power of patience. There is a power and our patience. And oftentimes, it's hard to exercise that power because waiting can be so uncomfortable. Waiting can be so frustrating. Waiting can be so traumatizing, if that's the right word. It could be just so chaotic to us waiting for God to 
move, waiting for God to show up, waiting for God to bless us, waiting for God. Waiting is hard sometimes when you're waiting to hear back from the inter- from the job you just applied to, the interview you just had. You're waiting to hear, am I getting accepted? Did I, did I get, am I going to receive a job offer? When you apply to college, waiting to hear if you got accepted. When you apply for the loan, when you apply for the business grant, when you apply for the the mortgage and apply for the house, when you apply for the apartment community, you're waiting patiently to find out what's going to happen next. When we're waiting, we just want to know what's going to happen next. And when you're walking with God, you don't always get to know what's going to happen next. You've just got to stand on your faith that something is going to happen next. And that something is going to benefit God's will and get me closer to my purpose. And despite how it may make sense or it may not make sense, that it is still pushing me closer to my purpose. There is power in our patience. The devil wants to frustrate us to the point that we are no longer being patient, but we become anxious. And anxiousness, anxiety will cancel out faith. That's why you hear people say you can't pray and you can't you can't pray and worry because it cancels out your faith. If you really believe that God is going to do everything he said, if you really believe that God is going to be all that he is, there's no reason for you to worry. If I know that all things work for my good, why would I be worried when I get fired from my job? It's for my good, clearly. Why would I be worried when I don't get accepted for the job for, for the job offer? Why would I be mad when I don't get the house? Clearly, it was for my good. Clearly, God saw something there that wasn't aligned with what he planned for me, so he's redirecting me. There's power in our patience. I would say that the strength of our patience even deter- it, it, it even impacts the size of our blessing when the waiting season is over. When you look at the Israelite people who were in Egypt, it took 400 years of waiting in patience. So God finally set them free. And when I, and there's a couple of things I want to point out in this story. Number one, how fiercely he set them free. They waited, they were patient, and so when it was time, God fiercely set them free because they waited. If you have enough faith in your waiting season, if you believe God enough in your waiting season, if you're prepared enough in your waiting season, when it is time, there will be nothing that can stop what God is going to do in your life. He's going to do it boldly. He's going to do it ferociously. He's going to do it with so much power because it's time. The waiting season is only a catalyst. It's only an opportunity for us to display our faith to God. Faith means nothing if we never get to work it out. The waiting season is to say, okay, do you believe me? God is saying, okay, do you believe me? Only when I'm showing up instantly, only when I'm right there the whole time, only when everything's making sense. Or do you believe me because of who I am to trust me even when you can't trace me? The Israelite people waited 400 years. Then God came with all force and set them free. There was power in their patience. 
Not only did God set them free, but he took them to a land that was already theirs. It wouldn't have been as amazing if they waited only to get set free, but have nowhere to go. God did not only set them free, but he had a designated place for their freedom to ring. And then he sent them to that designated place. Not only did he set them free, not only did he send them to a designated place, but he gave them a leader. What sense would it make to set them free without a leader to lead them into the place? What, what sense would it make to set them free, give them a leader, but still give them no place? They would be nomadic, having a leader, but still nomads, having a leader, but still having no land, having a leader, still having no home. But God is perfect. His plan is perfect. He's thought 50 steps ahead already. And so, because of their patience, because they didn't get tired of waiting and try to figure it out for themselves, because they didn't get weary in well-doing, because they didn't get so, so desperate that they moved from where they were supposed to be, God was able to get, let his glory shine upon them in a miraculous way. I look back on when I started my ministry. I, I, I wanna, before I go all the way back there, I wanna go back to even a year ago when I went to my pastor and I said I wanted to join ministry and he told me to speak to one pastor and who was over all of that stuff and to you know, get the information. I went to my bishop, okay? And then he sent me to one of the other pastors at the church. He's obviously the head pastor. Sent me to the other pastors, the senior pastors. Sent me to the other pastors who were over that the department, quote unquote. And so I went and it was a runaround. I never was followed up with. I, I just, it was because obviously I wasn't ready, but in that moment, I just wanted to be there, at least start the process. But I got the runaround and it never happened. And I was frustrated. I was even angry for a moment. I felt like a lot of the sin that I fell into never would have happened had I got accepted into that covering to begin that process. But you see, who you are cannot be dictated upon, cannot be attached to where you are. I could not have gotten in that position, gotten around those people, been accepted into that calling. And that be the reason why I didn't fall into sin. I had to develop in a way that said no matter where I am, who I'm around, nor what I'm, I'm doing, I am not going to fall to those things that want me. I am going to stand firm and I'm going to keep moving forward no matter what title I have, no matter where I am. I've got to be able, I said in episode one, you've got to be able to pray for yourself when no one else can pray for you. Cover yourself when no one else can cover you. I've had to, I had to build that up before getting there. And so I was mad and I was frustrated, but had I gotten it too soon... I would have fumbled the ball because I would have thought that my covering and my safety was only dependent upon me being around people that I felt safe near. When now I understand that it's not me being around anyone. It's about me just standing in my own power inside myself to make a decision to be better, to make a decision to do better. Going back to when I started my ministry, 
I will always say I never knew that it was going to be what it was. I didn't know I had this anointing on my life. I didn't know I had this calling on my life. When I started my ministry, I had literally just been, and if you know the story, you know the story, but I had literally just been um, posting quotes on Snapchat. I've just been posting motivational things on Snapchat. Like I had always been doing that. Back in school, I was just the person that was always motivating people and inspiring people and the person someone could go to just to receive some love and a good word. I didn't know it was that deep. I just jumped. I just heard God say, start a ministry. I didn't even know I was hearing him at that time. I really thought it was an, an intrusive thought, which is why I gave it up so easy. See, when you don't believe that it was God that told you to do something, you'll abandon it quicker than if God, if you know God told you to do it. I put my pedal to the metal on my ministry now. I give it all I got now because I understand that it's God. When I thought it was me, I allowed the pressure to back me out of it. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but when we go back to the story of the, of the, the Israelite people, the Hebrew children, when they finally got to the promised land, it was promised to them, but they still had to fight for it. They still had to march around the walls of Jericho until they came down. And even once they came down, they still had to go in and take the land. Had they believed it was just an intrusive thought that they led themselves there, they probably would have gave it up. I'm not finna walk around these walls for seven days and then do it seven times on the seventh day. I ain't finna do that in all this heat. I'm not about to go in here and fight all these people. Clearly, this is their land. They have a nice big house. They, they work for this. I ain't about to take what's not mine. But because they knew God said it was theirs, they were able to stand firm. No matter what they had to face, no matter what they had to go through, they were willing to fight. For what they knew God said was theirs. When you know God said it's yours, it doesn't matter how long it takes you fight for it regardless. So I ended up giving up my ministry. But nevertheless, even then, it was maybe a couple months after uh, uh, literally where I was put into a position to be youth pastor. I didn't get the, the, the I wasn't actually you know, go through the ceremony, but I, I had a slight position at a church and I was essentially the youth pastor without being inducted into it. So I was, but I wasn't. I was over the youth department then. Not youth pastor necessarily, but I was over the youth department and a whole bunch of other stuff, but that's not relevant to my message. I wanted to be so bad. I wanted to get up there and start preaching. I wanted to start pouring into these people. But listen, I was still broken myself. I was still sinning. I still didn't have enough discipline to do that, which I didn't want to do. I still didn't have enough discipline to turn away from desires that wanted to consume me. I wasn't ready. I wanted it so bad, but I wasn't ready. Had God given it to me then, I would have fumbled it. To be responsible for so many souls and then fumble the bar? To bleed on them and poison them, I would be punished for something like that. God, God didn't want that for me. As bad as I wanted it, I wasn't ready for it. And that's the grace that God gives in the waiting season. The waiting season is an opportunity for us to get ready for what he's going to do in our life. That's why it's important in the waiting season to not wait in, in anger, not wait in frustration, but to wait in confidence and expectation, preparing yourself for when it happens. 
If you're waiting for God to give you the business, if that's what you want is to be an entrepreneur in your waiting season while you're waiting for it to happen, start studying, finding out, start start watching, start learning, start watching things that are going to teach you how to be better at business, how to deal with people, how to lead people, how to communicate better. For me, I wanted to do ministry, but I wasn't even in my word enough. I wanted to preach, but I wasn't even in my word enough. God gave me time to get into my word, practice my speaking. I've always been a great speaker. I just didn't have the confidence to practice. The waiting season is your period of practice. But if you're so busy focused on the the time that's being taken, so busy focused on trying to get to the next level without the training, you're going to fail. The moment that you lose heart, you've already failed because faith is what dictates our life. Faith is our currency with God. Faith is our communication with God. It's even our connection with God. Growth comes from connection. Your faith is your connection. The moment that you lose faith, you lost you, faith. You've lost connection. That's why the enemy, his goal is to get our faith diminished, that we no longer have a connection with God. I wanted it so fast and I wanted it so bad. Success in business, I wanted it so bad. And I can say, I have touched, I have not touched a million dollars. No, I have not. But I have physically touched well over the um, $100,000. I was trying to say minimum six figures. I have touched well over that. And what I got to realize was God has had me waiting for the biggest blessing because had I got it a year ago, I would have used it on sin. Oh, listen, I'm going to just keep it 1,000% with y'all. I can't tell you how many times I sat up there envisioning how I was going to fly the finest hoes out. I'm telling you, I'm not even going to hold you. I sat up there like, well, I'm going to fly that hoe out. Yep. I'm going to fly that hoe out. Yep. I'm going to, we're going to go to uh, uh, Cabo. We're going to go here. You know, we're going to go to the Maldives and all these fancy little Turks and Caicos. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to fly them out. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get that car and I'm going to pull up and they're going to like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy this weed. I'm going to be on the beach. You know what I'm saying? In Miami, looking out, penthouse condo, all that good, great stuff, smoking on the balcony, looking at the city. I would have spent my money on sin. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the club. I'm going to make it rain. These people be up there thinking they raining. Uh-uh, I'm going to rain this e-commerce money down on them. You know what I'm saying? These rappers be in the club throwing a 100 grand. I'm going to throw a 100 million. You know what I'm saying? Show you what this e-commerce money really do. I was up here literally envisioning it, imagining it. And, you know, the, every small, tiny bit, God bless me, I blew it. On sin, I did. <laughs> Literally drinking, smoking, hotel rooms just to have, you know, hotel rooms. Um, I wasn't paying no hoes. I ain't never paid no hoes. That's prostitution. I ain't never did that one. I have Ubered some hoes. You know what I'm saying? I have flew some hoes out. I have, okay? <laughs> Let's just be transparent on this, on this uh, podcast today. 
I spent it. So had he really given me the resources, I would have used it for, for nothing but death, not life. So God put me in this waiting period that I could develop into a person worthy of receiving the blessing. The great thing is we don't ever have to be perfect. No, there's just a couple things that need to be ironed out. But God never expects us to be perfect. So in the waiting season, the waiting season is not a time that you're supposed to become perfect. It's not a time that you're supposed to be so holy, so righteous and so amazing. It's just the time for you to become who you're supposed to be. Walk in who you're supposed to be. I will keep on saying it till God says I've said it enough. We try so hard to become a new person and stop doing the same things and build new habits when often we just need to stop being a person that we are not. The waiting season is that you will get away from being a fake version of you and walk into the real version of you because it's only your authentic and true version that will attract everything that's meant for you. You'll never get it being the fake you. You keep shrinking yourself when you walk in a room acting like you're not the big, bold, smart person that you are. You're never going to attract the people that are supposed to be attached to you if you keep on shrinking to fit in with those that aren't aligned with you. If you ever got to walk in a room and feel like you've got to shrink, you're in the wrong room. If you're ever around people that make you feel like you have to be less than who you are, you're with the wrong people. The waiting season. It's God's grace for us. If he gave it to us too soon, we would lose it. Then we would end up being like the parable with with the people who got all the gifts and and one decided to bury it because he didn't want to lose it. And then he was like, what what, what you bringing me what I gave you back for? What I look like investing in you and getting no return. You're just giving me what I gave you. There's no point. I want to go to Luke. And Luke... Actually, yeah, we're going to start in Luke, then we'll look back somewhere else. There are a couple parables that Jesus gives in Luke. I want to start with seek the kingdom of God, which is going to be Luke um, 2012. It's all Luke 12, 22 through 34. God is saying essentially not to worry about anything. He said that if, listen, if I can make the lilies look pretty and if I can make the grass look pretty every day, why would you think that I ain't going to make you look pretty? If I feed them and nourish them, why would you think that I wouldn't take care of you? In the waiting season, we can get so frustrated, especially when you're building a business and you're constantly having to sacrifice and pour into your business. If you're doing it, I want to say the right way, but if you are that determined to succeed, you're going to end up sacrificing from your own self to pour into your business. I can't tell you, I stopped buying expensive clothes. That's where I started wearing just jogging suits. And I came to love jogging suits because I wasn't about to spend hundreds of dollars on shoes and on clothes when I'm trying to build a company. But you start to get frustrated. Well, look at everyone else. How is everyone else looking? Or Lord, I don't even have enough to do this now because I sold into church. I paid my tithes. I poured into my business. I gave to this other person. I can't tell you how many times I've given my last to someone and be like, Lord, what am I going to do? But God said, as long as you're walking with me and doing what I ask of you, I'm going to always take care of you. See, everything God does is only that our faith might be proven. You did what I told you to do. Now, do you trust me to take care of you? Or now you're going to turn your heart away saying I should have never did it. So that means you never really trusted me to take care of you. He goes on to say, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. 
Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is Luke 12, 31 and 32. God desires to take care of you. He desires to make sure you're good. He desires to make sure you have everything that you need and even what you want. You've just got to prove to him that it's not about what he does that determines what you believe. It's about who he is. Jesus goes on to say in another parable, and I'm going to actually put them together. Um, He says in Luke 12, 35 through 40, and then actually I'm going to come back to the other one later. Luke 12, 35 through 40. Blessed is the one who waits on the master in faith and expectation. For when he returns to see you watching and waiting, you will be blessed. He will feed you and serve you. It is how you wait that determines the response you get when he shows up. If he comes and finds you waiting with joy and faith and expectation, oh my, he's going to give you everything you were waiting for because you were waiting for me. Seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be open. You weren't waiting on me? Okay, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You've been waiting on me? So I'm going to give you everything now because I see you've been in expectation. That shows your faith. Waiting produces a blessing, but you must not wait without expectation and you must not wait being weary. You must wait as a watchman searching constantly on the lookout for his return in expectation because it shall come to pass. That is the power in your patience. Your patience, your faith is producing your miracle. Because you believe, so shall you receive. He didn't show up when I wanted him to. Okay, that's okay. I'm not going to allow that to take my faith. It didn't happen when I wanted it to happen. That's okay. I'm not going to let it shake my faith. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. That's okay. I'm not going to let it shake my faith. And everything, every single time you say, just as Job did, though he slayed me, yet will I trust him? It says to God, oh my, it's just building up and building up and building up so that when the day finally comes... He'll pour you out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive because of how you waited. You didn't wait and get tired. You didn't wait and get angry. You waited in peace and in patience saying, I know it's working for my good. Why even stress about it? Every single person that tried to make fun of you, every person that came and tried to tell you that you were stupid for waiting, every single person that tried to detour you from what God says was yours, every single person that tried to knock you down and belittle you, every person who didn't support you, every person who didn't believe in you, every single person who talked bad about you, every single person who tried to curse you and what you believed in, because you didn't let that stop you from waiting in a perfect posture, waiting in faith. Yes, we're humans and we get tired. I can't tell you how something happened to me. I went somewhere with someone I had no business. I left. I didn't bring my wallet. All I took was my phone. I ended up getting out the car with them. They were driving because it was just a whole lot going on. I'm going to spare the details of the story. My phone ended up dying. I ended up texting uh, one of my, a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, can you send me like $50? They were like, I can only do $35. They never did it. They just kept reading my messages. I'm texting. I'm like, okay, my phone's up 4%. What's going on? Because I was going to walk, but it was going to be like an hour, two-hour walk, and it was like 3 a.m., and I was in a place I didn't know. And I'm like, okay, can you help me? They didn't respond. So I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. 3 a.m., phone dead. Started crying, God, give up. And I even added that I was drunk. 
God, I give up. We're humans. We have those moments when we're like, oh my goodness, this is too much for me. God, I know I'm a fighter. God, I've come this far, but I can't do it no more. This one is too much for me to handle. I'm not that strong. I can't make it. God, I give up. I said I give up, but I promise you two seconds after I said I give up, I said no. And I had to be the Holy Ghost interceding for me, saying, no, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 3 a.m., drunk in the middle of nowhere, uh, didn't even have a map. I had to ask a person I saw on the side of the street with a phone for them to give me the directions and point me into the right direction and just figure it out as I went. And the Holy Ghost just guided me. Tears streaming down my face as I said I give up. I started walking. I just kept on going, crying. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When you start doing that, God responds to it. God hears that. He's blown away by it. Especially when you give up, but give back in. As soon as you say, Lord, I give up, but then you say, no, I ain't giving up. That shows him how you wanted to, but you overcame just as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He wanted to give up. He said, Lord, take this bitter cup away from me. But yet he still got back in and said, Lord, not my will, but yours. That says to God, Lord, it doesn't matter how it feels. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm still going to keep pressing forward. I'm still going to do what I was brought here to do. I'm still going to accomplish what you've put on me to accomplish. I'm still going to keep going that your glory shall be revealed, that your will shall be done. Oh, God, because it's not about me. It's about purpose and purpose never belongs to one person. It never sets just one person free. It's about every soul attached to my obedience. So, God, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to keep on waiting. I might not see it tomorrow. I might not see it next week. But, God, I know that in the end I shall see it. That in due time I shall reap what I've sown. It shall come to pass. In Psalms, David goes on to say in Psalms 27, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David isn't just, isn't just encouraging himself about something in that moment. He's going off what he knows to be true. Saying, listen, I would have given up a long time ago. I ain't even going to hold it. I'm not even going to pretend. I would have given up so long ago. Even me right now, I would have given up so long ago unless I believe I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I'm not just saying it because of, of what, what it says. I'm saying it because me and God have a history. I've waited. I've gone through so many things, yet I've still got to see his goodness. So I would have given up, but I know I'm going to see his goodness. So now I'm telling you to wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Wait. He will strengthen your heart. He will. You've just got to wait. If you know that he will, if it says that he will, why would you stop now? Why would you give up now? I saw a post and it said, if, if you're going through hell right now, don't stop here because who wants to stop in hell? Why would you stop here before you've gotten to the good part? 
If I'm going to stop somewhere, it's not going to be in the bad part of the story. I'm going to stop in the good part of the story. When you're reading a book, you don't stop when things get crazy. You want to find out what happens. When you're watching a movie, when you're watching a TV series, it might be 1 a.m. and you've got to go to bed because you've got to wake up for work. But let me tell you, if the show gets interesting enough and all chaos is breaking out, I'm going to wait till everything goes back to peace before I turn it off and get my rest. I'm not going to stop at this part in the story. David says to keep on going, wait patiently on the Lord and he will strengthen you. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, when David said what he said, David had no scripture to back him up. David only had his life. David only had his experience with God to back him up. That's why now when certain things happen in my life and and certain things that would normally make me worried before, they, they happen again. I don't get worried now because I've seen how God moved and seen how God worked every time God shows himself to you. It should only give you confidence in who he is. If you saw that you made it through high school, it took you a long time. It was stressful, but you waited and you made it. You should have confidence that the same guy that got you through those trying times in high school will get you through these trying times in college. The same guy that got you through these trying times in college is the same guy that will get you through these trying jobs in corporate America, times in corporate America. He's the same God. That's the great thing. That's why it's like when we choose not to listen to God's word and we choose to believe what we want to believe, that is a choice, a stupid choice that we're making because he has not changed. So if in all of this scripture, everyone is saying, wait on him, he going to show up. Wait on him, he going to do what he need to do. Wait on him patiently. Wait on him in expectation and it shall come to pass. Why wouldn't you believe it now? Because you think he changed? Oh, is it because the world changed? You think God changed? Oh, is it because we've got new iPhones every single year? You think there's a new God every single year that he's coming out with a new character every single year? No, I'm, I, 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 I love to tell you, actually, he's the same God. The same God that birthed me in 2021 is the same God that's keeping me in 2022. I mean, in 20, in 2001 is the same one keeping me in 2022. And I actually do want to change that. The same God that did birth me in 2021. The same God that pushed me into purpose in 2021. The same God that pushed me into the unknown in 2021 that purpose might be produced is the same God that's keeping me here in 2022. He's keeping me going. He wouldn't put me somewhere not to sustain me where he's put me. He's the same God. They that wait on the Lord shall mount up on wings like an eagle. What kept you down while you were waiting, you were stuck in one spot, didn't know how you would make it out. But now you've got wings like an eagle to soar up out the spot that had you once caged. Now you're running and you're not going to be weary. You shall walk and you shall not faint because you waited. Because you waited. The Bible says in Luke 12, another parable, 41 through 48. Jesus talks about how 
I'm just going to read it verbatim, actually. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. He's talking about um, the servant that is that is being faithful when the master is gone, taking care of the household, watching over everything, making sure everything is, is in order. That servant will be blessed and a ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on the day when he is not, not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Waiting can make you so frustrated that you decide to turn to drinking, you decide to turn to smoking, you decide to get chaotic because you're just waiting. It ain't gonna matter anyways, I'm just waiting. It's not gonna matter anyways, I'm just waiting. I'll get it right tomorrow, I'm just waiting waiting right now. No, because now while you're waiting, thinking you could be chaotic and you're waiting, God's going to show up then. And when you were supposed to be ready, had you been ready, you would have got blessed. But because you're not ready now, God decided to come and say, now you're a fool because you were, you thought you were so wise to say that I'll get it together when he comes. I'll get it together by the time he comes. You thought you were so wise that you knew when he was coming. Now, boom, you've been bamboozled. The, verse 46, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. If you are a believer, you're never going to change your posture. You're never going to change the way you wait. You're going to keep on waiting. So if the master comes back and finds anything contrary to that, you are now going to be punished with the unbelievers. Verse 47, and that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him much, they will ask the more. If while waiting, you change your heart posture to say, because the master is taking too long, you will rebel. The master will come when you least expect and punish him and punish you with the unbelievers. For the servant who knew the master was coming but did not prepare himself or do according to the master's will will be beaten, will be punished. You will not get the blessing. While waiting, we still have a responsibility to do what God requires. That means if we are expecting God to bless us financially, we must prepare for that increase in faith. Yes, but also in stature. That means having the right systems in place and etc. God gives us a waiting season that we might prepare for him when he comes and not fumble the ball. That is our time to allow our faith to push us into practice and preparation and expect expectancy of his arrival. The scripture is clear that when he finally comes, when he sees you in an amazing waiting posture, he's going to feed you and serve you because you waited on me. I can even go to the book of Acts. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit. And when they waited, they got power. You get power from waiting, but waiting is also your power. That's why there's power in your patience, because number one, it intimidates the devil when he sees you waiting patiently. He wants to frustrate you. He wants to make you uncomfortable. He wants to make you anxious. But when he sees that you're patient and you have peace, that's power against him. It's also power with God because it's your currency in faith. So today, 
I'm able to hop on this recording and say these things and be this person because I went through the waiting season. And in my waiting season, I didn't just sit in a corner twiddling my thumbs, but I studied in my waiting season. I seeked God in my waiting season. In business, I, I read in my waiting season. I've studied business in my season, in my waiting season, not just ministry, but also business, so that when it's time, I'm prepared. When Jesus picked his disciples, he didn't pick people just lying on the street. He picked entrepreneurs, people who were prepared to handle that weight of glory. They still had other things to work out in their faith. But listen, they were still skilled enough to handle the responsibility of the job. God, God, give you, God gives you gifts. He gives you talents. He gives you skills. But you've got to perfect them. You've got to pearl them into something. You can be a great p- preacher, but not effective because you didn't work on your skill. That's why I told you guys, I listened to my first one back. I'm going too fast. Now I'm going to work on slowing down. I'm going to work on making sure I add effective pauses. I haven't studied for a lot of my messages in the way that I should. I'm working on studying better to be better at what I do. That way God can give me more to whom much is given, much is required. I just read it to you. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required and to whom much has been committed of him. They will ask the more when God gives you a great anointing, when God gives you a great destiny, when God gives you great purpose, it will be a lot required of you. So while you see so many people getting rich so quick that that wealth will not last, it's not generational wealth. That's fraudulent, illegal wealth. Let them scammers do what they do. They have not been given much, so nothing is required of them. Why is it taking you so long to break every generational curse in your family? Because much has been given to you. Why does the devil keep attacking you? Because much has been given to you. The devil doesn't want you to know who you are. The devil doesn't want you to know how much power you have. He doesn't want you to know who you are to God and who God is to you. Much is required of you. I have another scripture for you. This one's actually not in my notes. This one's straight from the Holy Ghost. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always minding the work in the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. First Corinthians 15 and 8. That's great, but that is not what I was looking for, actually. <laughs> Maybe that what I'm actually looking for is This one right here, Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Timing is everything. God knows that perfect time. That's why I said you don't wait being weary. You wait still in expectation every single day, knowing that you're waiting and is not in vain, knowing that something is going to happen. Listen, I had to get to a place that I said that even if I don't see all the things I want to see in this world, I trust that a far greater eternal weight of glory is coming my way. That every every ounce of seed I sow here in time and tears and ministry and whatever shall I not ever reap in this world. I know that in eternity in heaven with Jesus, I shall reap then. That takes a certain type of heart, heart posture to be OK with not receiving anything in this world that you shall receive it in eternity for this world shall, world shall fade away. 
This world shall come to an end. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall still remain. And his word says that I shall reap what I've sown. Meaning if I don't see the reaping in this world, I'm going to see it in eternity. I would rather, I would rather reap in eternity what I can carry to, the, to, to forever than to reap here and watch it fade away. What purpose is there to become a millionaire here but be broken eternity? There is power in your patience. And make sure that while you're waiting, you have the right heart posture. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that while you are in your waiting season, that you do not get weary, you do not faint, but that you stay confident, that you stay bold, that you stay expectant, that you stay in faith. I'm going to pray that while you're waiting for God to blow your mind, that you blow his mind in your posture. That no matter how bad it hurts, no matter what comes your way, you will say just as Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. No matter what, yet will I trust him. Though I want to give up, though I would have given up, I would have. But because I believe that there is far greater destined for me, that, but, but because I, I believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in this land, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to pray that your faith be stirred. That the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall surround you, shall be with you. You shall eat it, sleep it, and breathe it, and, and, and soak in it. That in every moment that you do get anxious, every moment that you do get tired, every moment that you are starting to get desperate, that you will pull yourself back and say, no. It's all for good reason. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every listener in this moment. Father, I pray that your peace will come upon us now, God. That we will be settled in our spirit and in our soul, Father, centered in you, God. Not anxious about anything, but praying about everything. Not worried, oh God, but confident in who you are. Confident that, we, that, that our waiting is being honored by you. Confident, oh God, that every single tear we cried is being honored by you. Father, that even when we get anxious wanting to move forward, even that is honored by you. Not us being anxious, but us being anxious, yet still being able to say, I still won't move, oh God. Father, give us the strength to stay firmly planted where you've told us to be, not giving up on what you told us was ours, but fighting for it because you said it was ours. Oh, God, and if we can't fight for it and get it, no one else can. So, God, let it be. Let it be a shift in our thinking that says it's not for me. It's for who's attached to me. And, oh, God, give us the stamina to keep on going because of who it's for. Father, I pray that you fill every void of emptiness. Every void of emptiness that makes us feel like we're walking down a road empty, not going anywhere for no reason. Oh, God, fill us up with you that says we're walking this road with purpose, on purpose, intentionally at the right place, at the right time, that we are the only one who can do it. We're the man and the woman for the job, that if we walk away from the call, it will not get answered. Oh, God. Father, stir our faith on today. 
Father, let our minds be opened up. Let us see things from your perspective to see how you've kept us, how you've helped us, how you've, how you've honored us in our patience and in our waiting season, how you've given us breadcrumbs to keep us moving forward. Oh God, you haven't just disappeared from us. No, you might have hid yourself for a moment just that we can be adults walking in maturity, oh God, but yet you're still watching over us. You're still watching out for us and that you've made the way clear for us, oh God. Father, I pray for that student in college right now, that student who's tired and feels like giving up, who feels like they can't make it without you, God, who feels like they can't do it. They can't be the first one in their family to graduate. They can't be the one to shift the wealth dynamic in their family. Oh, God, let them know that they are the one and the warfare that they're facing is only because they are the one. Let them know that they have not just been called, but they've been chosen for many are called, but few are chosen. Let them know they are the few that has been chosen for it. Oh, God, let them know that the warfare is a sign of that very choosing the warfare is a sign of their very anointing. The warfare is our sign that we're doing it right, oh God. Father, let us start paying attention to the details that we overlook. Let not the pain that comes with the calling overshadow the, the purpose behind it, oh God. Father, I love you. I pray that your love will surround every listener now, oh God that they may know that this was a word specifically for them from you, that they may know that this is proof that you love them. This is proof that you keep them. This is proof that you watch out for them. This is proof, oh God. You show up when we're at our lowest, oh God, that we might be put back into our highest. But Father, that still doesn't mean that it's gonna happen tomorrow. Give them faith not for tomorrow. Give them faith not for next week. Give them faith not for the next 30 minutes, but oh God, give them faith every single day to believe in you, not for what you do, but believe in you, not believe in what you do, but believe in you. That you are a God who will establish us. That you are a God who after 400 years of waiting patiently will set us free. That you are a God who will give us something promised to us and still give it to us despite who may have it in their hands. That when you say it's time to let them go, that they shall let go, O oh God. Let us have faith in you, Jesus. That our strength not come from ourselves, but our strength come from you. That our perseverance not come from ourselves, but it comes from you, O oh God. Let us be strong in knowing your word, standing on it, O oh God. For we glory in every tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Every time we persevere, oh God, let a new character be produced that equips us for the next tribulation. Let, let, let that character produce a hope, oh God. A hope that says my future is greater than my right now. That the present sufferings cannot compare to the glory that shall be revealed. That there is greater. I've just got to get to it, oh God. Let us keep on walking in faith, oh God, knowing that greater is out there for us, but we'll miss it if we don't get to it. God, plant our feet so firmly on the ground and on your promises, God, that nothing can sway us from it. Father, we're counting on you and we're relying on you. 
We cannot do it without you. If you thought we could, I'd love to be the bearer of true news, Father. We cannot do it without you. If our actions made you think we had it all together without you, I come to expose that lie now in the name of Jesus. It is nothing but a lie from the pits of hell, the devil using us to deceive ourselves and not be truthful to you, God. We need you, Jesus. We need you to pers- that we might persevere. We, we need you that we might heal. We need you that we might accomplish everything you've given us. We need you that we might graduate. We, we, need, we need you that the business might succeed. We need you that we might have our right mind. We need you that we might keep moving forward even though we might not have support. We need you, oh God. We need your support. We need your confidence. We need your direction, Jesus. If we have the people but don't have you, it's a waste. We need you. God, we'd rather have you and have no one else. God, give us you. We need you, oh God. And so, Father, I pray now that these people, that the eyes of their understanding shall be opened to see the power that lies in their patience. That they start using their patience as strategy to war against the enemy, as strategy to war against their own lesser self, as strategy to even provoke you to blessing them. Let them see the power in their presence. Hallelujah. And their patience. And God, actually, in me saying the power in their presence, God, let them see the power in their presence as well. That just because they showed up, even though they showed up not knowing how it would turn out, even though they showed up not knowing how it would work out, even though they showed up with no detail, they went where you told them to go, did what you told them to do. Even though they showed up, them just showing up is power. Them showing up has already scared the enemy. Because they just decided to show up. You didn't know how it was going to work out. You just showed up. And so that is your power. God, let them see the power in every single small move that they make. God, I thank you for your spirit that keeps us, for your presence that comforts us, oh God, for your love that redeems us and forgives us, and for your word that establishes us. I thank you for our faith, for you are the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you, oh God, for your faith on today, that even when we're lacking, it comes and supersedes for us, saying, though he slay me, yet will I trust. Faith kicks in. So, Father, I ask that you have your way in our life. Let your will be done, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Move how you want to move. Do what you want to do. Be who you are to be. That in the end, We might be your witness that in the end, you might get all the glory, all the honor that is already due to you, that our testimony will be. It's not because of me. It's because of God. And we might be able to proclaim the same that if you just wait on the Lord, if you wait, do not be weary, but wait, trusting that there is goodness on the other side, trusting that you will see it in this lifetime, trusting, oh God, that if we just continue trusting that our testimony Reprove even the more that your word is true. Father, I ask all of these things in the name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I pray that this has poured into you in some type of way. And I thank you for pouring into me. For again, you give me purpose. If there is no you, there is no purpose for me. 
So go ahead and make sure you like if it's like, comment, subscribe, share, whatever it is that you got to do to get this thing right. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know. But do what you got to do on the platform that you're on that someone else might be touched in the way that you've been touched. Don't be selfish now. Don't let God speak to you and then you not want to let him speak to nobody else. Now go ahead and spread to somebody else that somebody else's life can be touched. Go ahead and be a disciple. Do what you got to do. And I will see you in the next episode. There is power. There is power. There is power in your patience. Peace out.